Life is about core memories, creating moments with your friends, with your kids that you guys will never forget. And we have one right in our backyard here, Atlanta United. I can't stress this enough to you guys. If you haven't gone, it is the most spectacular sports event in Atlanta. The crowd is wild. They never sit down. It is electric. It is an amazing event each and every week. And the games are right down the street. It is Atlanta. Go online. Get your tickets today. ATLUTD.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. We have several Burt Show members on a health journey, working on their fitness, working on their health, etc. Jackson, our newest producer, is one of those people. When we got to check in, how's it go? Not great. (laughs) (laughs) What makes it not great so far? Because you came in here and go ahead and reestablished why you felt you needed to um, embark on this journey. Sure. Um, Historically, I've always been a very active person. I'm really into fitness, especially during COVID where a lot of people actually gained a lot of weight during that time from being at home so much. I took the opposite route and decided to get in the best shape of my life during that time uh, through a a bunch of in-home workouts. And I really, really did get into it. Um, Since then, it's been sort of an on and off journey, but I've been able to keep up with it pretty well and that's up until I feel like the last four to six months where I feel like things have just taken some sort of weird turn and I haven't been going to the gym nearly as much my consistency is like way off my diet's all out of whack and that's caused for some steady weight gain and it didn't really hit me until I look back at some pictures from a year two three years ago and it's like shocking to me and like will actually really bum me out almost to the point where these insecurities have come up where you know I don't really want to see friends or family who I haven't seen in like the last year or so because it's like really getting in my head I know I'm blowing this way out of proportion and this is all something that's like an internal you know struggle for me but it's really been impacting me and so that's why I came on here a few weeks ago and was like it's time for me to change and time for me to make some um, changes and you know perfect timing right before the holidays (laughs) because there's no temptations at all Mm. these next two months when it comes to like you know and your schedule's not packed with you know things to do so yeah this is the perfect (laughs) time for you to start this well to be fair I feel like if I can make it through this holiday season and stick with this then that's like my green light that I can do anything when it comes to this you know All right, so you came on the air and you told us that. So what's been happening the past couple of weeks? You know, I came on air last time and I don't think I was really entirely ready for the whole conversation because I remember Mo said, so what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And I didn't really have a good answer for that. I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) So you're ready to talk about it. You just weren't ready to really do something Exactly. I was like, oh, yeah, I just need to be consistent. And I don't know. I just had some sort of like weird beat around the bush answer. Um, So... I've recently signed up for a meal plan where they send you these pre-made meals every week and, you know, they're healthy, high protein, all this kind of stuff, because I realize my diet's been a big issue with this. I've been too lazy to cook. And so that require that that goes to a lot of ordering out. And then when I order out, I'm like, well, if I'm spending this money, let me spend it on something that's good and get the fries and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I've signed up for a meal plan. So hopefully that kind of gets the diet back on track because then I don't have a choice. You know, the things are sent to me every week. And then also I've signed up for this thing class pass where you actually get discounts off of like a myriad of workout classes. So I feel like if I'm paying for workout classes, Mm -hmm. it'll really force me to just go and do it. 
it because, sure. you know, you don't want to waste the money, obviously, right? Um, and then on top of that, for the days where there aren't going to be classes, I've made a really strong point to just, as soon as I get home after, you know, the show ends and, you know, I'm done with all of my work, is just go to the gym. It doesn't matter how tired I am. It doesn't matter what I'm feeling because if I go home and I, like, take a nap, the odds of me getting up and go- going to the gym afterwards is, like, really not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I'm done with work, the first thing to do is just go straight to the gym, you know? So, I mean, th- those all sound like awesome steps and you've you've implemented all of them thus far, right? No. Okay. <laughs> this is this week. Oh, okay. Right. So you took time to come up with, you came up with your game plan. And so now you got your game plan. And so you, ha- so let's go ahead and do this because you wanted some accountability, right? Yes. So before I was like, oh, I don't really want to focus on the weight because I want to focus on how I feel. No, screw that. Uh, <laughs> I, I now have an actual goal. I'm trying to lose 15 pounds by the end of the year. And I asked you guys when we were having this conversation off air to come up with some sort of punishment or incentive for me to not fail this by the end of the year. Yeah. Ooh. So, but when it comes to like, so, and then you were asking for this, right? Yes. We've done this with multiple people on the show, right? Um, we, and we did it with um, Tommy, but the, the oh, I think it was between you and Rebecca, wasn't it? And somebody had to go bungee jumping, mm-hmm. and then things took a turn, so we decided to scrap the whole entire thing. I am, it, and I just feel like things have shifted. And we used to do um, motivation by humiliation. I'm just not really down for that anymore, personally. Anybody else? Why not? <laughs> Aren't you the one that made us wear adult diapers yes. on the side of the road? That's, that's, the problem. That was, I was pretty humiliated. That I'm, was to diaper babies <laughs> was, and families who couldn't afford diapers. I'm sorry. I was on a billboard in my underwear. That's because you lost to that's me, crazy. loser. Says <laughs> <laughs> the girl who danced in her underwear. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. My payoff was dancing in underwear. It's still up online mm-hmm. into a Britney Spears song. For so free? are you sure? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure you really want want this? Because yeah, Tommy was on a billboard in his underwear. I danced to a video of my underwear that was supposed to come down, but it stayed up. Um, Mo bet payoffs in the past. Mo's been to a nudist colony. Kristen's been drawn naked. <laughs> That's the kind of bet payoffs we have here. That's pretty bad. It'll and get you in did, the gym, though. Yeah, right? That's the whole It'll point work, of it, right? Yeah. Why did Romeo have to be on a corner in a Speedo? What, what was that about? Oh, yeah. I can't remember. He lost what? Oh, he lost to Mo and Arcadian Pool. Oh, oh, that's okay. right. Yeah. yeah. That's a crazy <laughs> Yeah, he was wild. That's he, was very, he was pretty confident. Yeah, he yeah. was. All right, so you want this. I do. Okay. All right. And I think 15 pounds by the end of the year, is that responsible and attainable? Because that's eight no, weeks. That's, that's a lot. Well, he's a dude. Well, but I want, you could do it, though. I, say, I wanted to lose 50 in like two weeks. So. <laughs> I know. Yours was stupid, Tommy. We love you, but that was ridiculous. They All say right. one to two pounds a week is healthy. So let's say it was two. Let's go kind of on the extreme end. That gives you eight pounds a month, 60. Yeah, you could do yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No room for error, though. Yeah, no, you can't take a week off. I lost seventeen pounds in two months, and it was like it was an everyday thing. Okay, you you got to be consistent. Okay. All right, so that's you have your plan. So tomorrow, everybody will throw out ideas to hold you accountable, and it will be motivation by humiliation. Okay, it's what you want. I am accepting this. I consent to that. Shake on it. Right. I'm shaking on Shake it. Shake on it. It All has right. been said. <laughs> The Burt Show. Cassie, you have a request for women. Is it a request or a challenge? Kind of a both. You know, I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your lives, but I really think this would be good for women as, you know, a whole, like the entire gender. But you are. Yeah, but no, I'm not. I will say it does irritate me, but it's not the women who do this that irritate me. It's that we feel that we need to do it, and I do it as well, okay? Um, And this is sort of in direct uh, opposition to what Jackson was talking about in the last break. Every time I go on TikTok or Reels to watch videos, I'm swiping and I'll see like a guy talking about something really interesting or engaging content and they just get right into it. And I'm like, these videos are great. And then I scroll and I see women and every time, no matter how it like they could be talking about like archaeological digs, space, homemaking, cooking. It doesn't matter. They almost I would say something like 70 percent of the videos start with. I'm sorry I'm not wearing makeup right now. I'm sorry my hair is messy. Sorry my house is a mess. Sorry I'm not dressed right right now. There's always an apology every single time. And I have never, ever, ever seen a man apologize. And they shouldn't have to. I'm just highlighting the differences. I would love for women, this is the challenge and a request, 
including myself, to stop apologizing for how we look if we think we don't look our best. Whether it is if you're meeting up with girlfriends for coffee, sorry, I ran out of the house. I know I look a mess right now. People come over, sorry, the house is a mess. You're making a video. It doesn't matter. But I think it's become such this like, default thing that we do without even noticing it like if we are not perfectly quaffed and put together and polished we'll say oh I'm sorry because we recognize that we're not looking like whatever standard society has set and I just wish we would stop because I see like all types of dudes from like James Bonds and suit looking dudes to like guys who haven't seen a shower in a week and none of them (laughs) apologize and they should not have to. I have definitely been guilty of that in person and in videos. um, If I'm posting like a story on my um, Instagram, like if I'm wearing, I'll purposely wear glasses because be like, I look like, sorry, I look like a hot mess today. You know, it's just been, and I, I, you're you're 100 right. Do you even notice that you're doing it? Because I don't. I do the same thing, and I've it's a challenge actually to not do it because I've started videos and I'm like, shut up, Cassie. Well, well, it's intentional, and I do it, but I never. Um, what's I, I? I always felt like I needed to. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it. It always felt like I. I it's, it's not like I felt bad for doing it. I felt like I. It was just part of the disclaimer. Like I needed to say that because, and I've seen the comments on some of our Facebook videos. I roll in here. I've been getting up at stupid, stupid hours for 17 years. And I am to the point now where every, I savor every second in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I never have been. People are like, how do you get up in the morning? And I'm like, a paycheck, duh. <laughs> um, and so I don't do my hair. I don't do my makeup. I 99% of the time I'm wearing a Burt's Big Adventure t-shirt or sweatshirt and yoga pants, right? And I have, you know, seen the comments on some of the Facebook videos attacking how I look or whatever. Um, and so I feel like whenever I do something else, I have to have that disclaimer of like, yeah, no, you know, the kid was up late last night. So that's why I look like this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I feel like especially as, as we're chronically online, if you will, we you have gotten one comment that has said something about how you look that in the back of your mind, every time you post, you think if you give a disclaimer, it's somehow going to like block that troll from saying something. Exactly. And most of the time it doesn't. But I literally just did this last week on Twitter. I posted that video immediately when I got mm. that car again and I honestly looked like a hot mess. I had a spray tan stash. I had no makeup on. My hair was a mess, but I was like, I got to get the news out about this Taylor Swift cardigan. And it went mega viral. And I was like, well, shoot, if I had known so many people were going to see this, I probably would have put on a little bit more makeup because I was worried that somebody was going to say something about the ugly girl who got the Taylor Swift cardigan. (laughs) So I quoted a a screenshot somebody had taken of me and I put it on my Twitter. I said, oops, sorry, I'm not wearing makeup. (laughs) Like, I'm curious, Mo, does that ever cross your mind whenever you're posting any kind of video? How I look? Yeah. All the time. Yeah? All the time. I never thought to, like, apologize for it. I mean, it's been many a times when I've I've gone and take my phone out to do a video and was like, nah, never mind. <laughs> Not today. Nah, I ain't happening. <laughs> gave me the little target camera action going on. So I've, I've definitely, like, not done a video because I didn't like how I looked in the moment, but... I mean, I kind of feel like how you get me is how you get me. I don't really care about what people say about it. And I love that. So I understand the protection, layer of protection. Mm -hmm. If I address it, then you call it out, you're the dummy. But I love that mentality. Like, we don't owe anyone our appearance. Mm -mm. No one one is owed me looking a certain way. And if you want to say something about it, then I'll start calling you out because you're the a-hole. I look amazing. I don't care. I am who I am. I'm going to roll up as who I am. And that is the challenge to all women everywhere. Stop apologizing for being you. I love it. I think it's a, I think it's a great request and a great challenge. Thanks. Now go put on some makeup. <laughs> <laughs> the Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Usher is getting ready for the biggest performance of his life. Entertainment Tonight spoke to him about headlining the upcoming Super Bowl halftime show, and he started teasing some of the things that fans can expect to hear from him when he takes the stage in February. He says that this is a celebration of my legacy, it's a celebration of my music, and it's a celebration of his passion. And he says it was so well planned out that he couldn't have done it better himself. Can you think of anybody that might jump up on that stage with him? Like, who has he done songs with? that maybe would jump up there with him. Alicia Keys comes to mind for the Mabu record. That was a pretty big record that they had together. That would be pretty cool. Um, maybe Lil John. Yeah, that's one of his biggest oh, records. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
He's got stuff with P. Diddy. Oh, um, uh, I Need a Girl remix. And also OMG with Will I Am. I mean, he certainly yeah. doesn't need anybody. He's a big enough artist, and he's a, what, a, a hell of an entertainer. But it would be cool to see some of them pop up on stage. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it, too. Yeah. If I'm Usher, though, my ego would probably make me want to do it alone. Just because so many people felt like I needed help and I couldn't do it, it would make me want to go up there and show mm-hmm. people who I'm really mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in the interview with Entertainment Tonight, he says he's been getting lots of phone calls from yeah. his old collaborators. And he just... <laughs> hey, buddy! Hey! Remember how close we were back in the day? And he said that, you know, he hasn't made any decisions. He's, con- quote, considering a lot. And he said, you know, you've got 13 minutes in order to get an entire legacy of music out there. So it does sound like he's considering it, but He's making no promises. He also has somebody to love the song with Justin Bieber. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, we so little freak with Nicki Minaj. Oh, those of you that don't know the history of the Burt Show, it's really pretty interesting with Justin mm-hmm. Bieber. So I was called by Scooter Braun back in the day, telling me about this new artist he had, which was Justin Bieber, who he really thought was going to be huge. I don't know anything about this kid. He wasn't Justin Bieber yet, right? Mm-hmm. He was just living down the street. So I made him a deal that look, if you bring Usher in. Because they're all tight, and Usher had something to do with Justin Bieber's success also. If you bring Usher in, I'll interview Usher, and then at the end of the interview, I'll interview this Justin Bieber kid. (laughs) (laughs) And it all worked out, but they're all super tight. Yeah, I mean, he said this is the hardest part about getting ready for the halftime show, is just choosing what songs you want to have in those 13 minutes. So he's got to make some hard decisions, but I think he's going to pull through. He's a master entertainer. So if you are doing the Super Bowl halftime show, and you have some, like, you know, famous collabs, whatever, do you go out there and do the show solo by yourself like Rihanna did, or do you bring people out there with you? If I'm Usher, I am doing it myself. I don't need anybody. I'm Usher, damn it. I'm with you. I would do it myself. Uh-huh. Oh, I would bring people out there with me. Eh. Though we forgot about your dude, Pitbull. He did a song with Pitbull oh. that would be fire too. Oh, so pit, it will be a Pitbull show. With Usher. <laughs> no, I just think it would be so much fun to like do that with friends. Does that have them all come out? Yeah. I can see that. I can see how that would be fire too. Because you're still the lead. Yeah. Usher likes Usher though. Okay. So I, I can see him doing this five seconds. If he does but do then, it, everybody else gets like five seconds. No. All right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about Usher. I'm saying, Mo, you are headlining the Super oh, me. Bowl. Oh, Burr, you oh, are oh, headlining oh. the Super Bowl. Yeah. Are you going as yourselves, not Usher, would you bring friends and collaborators up there with you or would you want to do the whole thing by yourself? Be honest. I think I would want to do it myself. Really? Yeah, I think so. Just the opposite for me. Yeah. I'd want to bring friends and family up there. Plus, I'm too insecure to think I could pull it off myself. So if I'm going down, everybody's going down with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it definitely takes the pressure off. Like, all you have to do is bring out Pitbull if you're having, like, a little bit of a hard moment. And then the crowd's going to go wild uh, because who's not going to be excited to see a guest they weren't expecting? That's true. Now, you do have to run the chance, depending on who you bring up there. Because I remember Madonna, when she did the Super Bowl, wasn't it MIA that flicked off the camera? And that's what everybody was talking about. And they weren't talking about about Madonna, Madonna's performance. I can't remember. See, that's what I remember from Madonna's performance. So you have to make sure whoever you choose is up there to do it with you mm-hmm. and not to like cause the scene to get everybody to talk about them. Still the show. Sidebar, is it flipped off or flicked off? Flipped. Flip. I say flip. It's flip. flip, right? Yeah, is that yeah. what I said? I thought you said flicked I off. I may have said flicked off. Oh, okay. I think, can you not use both? You can use both. I always thought it was flipped off. I thought you said flipped. I must say, I, yeah. I think I think I do say flick. I think you, you said flick. You flip the bird. You don't flick the bird. Yeah. Flick the bird is something completely well, not different. Not <laughs> <laughs> I do that when hour. I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> the last person Matthew Perry was seen with is speaking out about their final conversations. It's on your next Eva's on the Bird Show. Are you googling it right now? Yeah, it's an armored dictionary to give someone the bird. Flick off. Flick off. It's yeah, flick. I didn't mean just to, but it, it's both. You oh, can use both. Okay. It's interchangeable. Okay. So here, flick off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to you. You, the authority on flicking, flipping off with the size of that middle finger. <laughs> We've all seen that on Instagram it's the last week. Wow. It's a pole vault. <laughs> the Bird Show. We can't get things fast enough anymore, man. Doesn't matter how fast it gets to your house, not fast enough. DoorDash wants to let you know, though, if you've been sitting there and you're waiting on your food and you're waiting on your food, you're starting to salivate and all, and you're waiting on your food, there might be a reason why DoorDash isn't delivering to you fast enough. 
Apparently, DoorDash has had enough of the cheapos, and they are doing something about it. Now, I knew that there was an issue with tipping, with DoorDashing. What I didn't know is that there's an issue with people actually giving nothing. I thought maybe people didn't tip well, but a lot of people actually don't give anything. Sure. So now there's a zero option. Once, Well, this is what DoorDash is implementing. If you actually don't put anything in the tip, they're going to ask you one more time, are you sure you want to leave the tip blank? <laughs> yeah, they, they sure? say this is what you want to do? Yeah, they actually say orders with no tip. When you put zero in, this message pops up. Orders with no tip might take longer to get delivered. Are you sure you want to continue? I think they should add another level to that also where it says, and we might do unspeakable things to your food. If you don't get it, if you don't tip us at all. Dude, I'm not mad at it. Take your own risk. So once you say yes, what then happens is your order gets put into like a, a queue for the drivers. And they can choose which orders they want to deliver first. So if you have an option, obviously, as a driver, and you see three meals and two people tipped well, and one person put zero, well, I guess you can guess who's getting their food last. So this seems inherently flawed to me, right? I mean, I want to tip, but I don't even have my service yet. So if I'm going to tip 20%, how do I even know the food's going to get there? If it's going to be delivered in the same place and I've already given you 20%. So that's one of the problems. If you look at the comments of people who are complaining about this, a lot of people are saying, I don't understand why I have to give a 20% tip before I get my food. Mm -hmm. Other people are saying they feel like you are now once again putting it on the customers as opposed to the companies of which you're already charging us $10 for a service fee. You're charging us for a delivery fee. You're charging us for taxes. So some people feel like the tip should come out of that. And they shouldn't have to go out of their way to give 20% on top of that before you even get your food. So that's the people who are pushing back against it. And I and I get that. I do feel like people should, you know, pay their employees accordingly. But this is not a new concept. We've always tipped people who have delivered food to our door. This time you're just doing it ahead of time because of the convenience of the app. Every pizza delivery guy that's ever come to your door has expected mm -hmm. a tip. So that should be understood. When you get food delivered to your house, you tip the person that, that does it. Yeah, typically you do it after the food has been delivered. But I've, I've thankfully, personally... I, and I, I, I tip well. I worked in the service industry. I was a server for many years in, and I, and I know times are tough and I'm in a position where I can, you know, tip well. So I do. And also I want my food to arrive safely and unharmed and, and in <laughs> a speedy, in a speedy manner. Um, so you can tip. And if something happens, they are quick on those apps. If anything happens to your food, they'll reimburse you. But there is no other industry where you tip before you get your service. See, I'm, I'm torn on that, right? Because I don't like when you go into restaurants and they already have the 25% the, the built-in tip before you even get service because then the people can kind of serve you however they want because they know they're going to get that tip. But with DoorDash, I kind of like that you tip before because I do want to tell the driver, like, I'm over-tipping you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want you to know that. Yep. Like, as you as you serve me, don't do anything to my food. Get yeah. it here as soon as you can. But then when the person doesn't live up to the tip, obviously, it, it disappoints you. Jordan here drives for DoorDash, and he's got opinions. Hey, Jordan. Hey, what's up, man? I'm telling you right now, I do DoorDash here and there on the weekends and stuff like that. And when that $3 order comes through, $3, $4 order, and it goes 10, 12 minutes away, I just keep it in order. And that order just keeps passing around and passing around. So I'm telling you, if you don't tip, bro... It's just going to keep passing around and passing around. It will never get delivered. What does that mean, pass it around, pass it around? Like you can decline so, the delivery? Yep. Yes, I can. It comes up on my phone. I can decline it or I can just let it roll through and, it will, and I won't accept it. And that's it. So, so when I it, can pick up on the next one. This is really interesting. Uh, so when the order comes up, you know how much has been spent on that order? Yep. Okay. I know how much the order costs, how much, how much the tip is. I know how long the drive is. I know how many miles I'm going to be driving. I know where is that, where is huh. that at. I know all of that. Okay, that's very different than what I've heard with, like, now we're off of food apps. But, like, Uber, when they get a call, they don't know where they're going until they get to your house. Well, that's with, mm. like, yeah, with the driving. Uh -huh. But I think Uber Eats is the same way, where they can see all that before they go to the restaurant uh -huh. to pick it up. So you're saying straight up, Jordan, as a DoorDash driver, if, you, if your order is not over a certain amount, it's just going to be passed around passed around anyway until you see that tip yeah i'm gonna pass it around because like it's a waste of time for me i gotta drive waste my gas waste my time to go three hours four hours to then have somebody tell me bring it to my door wait until i open the door for three dollars that makes sense. It took me 30 minutes to get it yeah bro i hear you that okay. makes perfect sense. all right thank I you it. appreciate your call i didn't know this was going to be so fiery here we go good morning, <laughs> good morning. is it brian 
Bryn. 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 Hey. Hey, how are you? Good. TIPS actually stands for to ensure proper service. So back in the day, people would actually tip before they receive services when they'd go into restaurants and places like that to ensure that they got proper service. You just make that up. That's true. I had never I've heard that. I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to ensure yeah, proper I service. It along, to ensure proper service. Damn. So you would um, tip when you went in to ensure that you got the proper service that you wanted. I mean, that's what you see, too, in, like, movies and older movies. Like, whenever they go into hotels and, like, valets and stuff like that, like, you tip beforehand, and depending on how you tipped, that's how good they were going to treat you while you were staying there. I had no idea. I didn't know either. We are just like NPR. (laughs) (laughs) It is the exact same thing. Said no one ever. (laughs) The Burt Show. All right, Katie, for years you've been helping a friend that you've never actually met in person, and now you're thinking maybe, maybe this relationship could be over? Well, I don't know for sure what I should do um, and if I'm morally off here. So during the pandemic, I told you all I was on a binge kick. All I did was just play video games every day. That's all I had to do. And Are you still playing your Monopoly game? No, I deleted it. I you got did. tired. I got bored. Oh, how about that? Good for you. Oh, it's just like real Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for 30 days. This is enough. I think only like 4% of Monopoly games ever really get completed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's probably high. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was on a gaming kick and I made a lot of gaming friends, especially like on Fortnite. And one of my friends, he lives in New York and we became close. Like we would play like every day and we learned a lot about each other and stuff like that. We follow each other on social media. I know he's a real person and not just some creep in his mom's basement. Like I know what his occupation is. We're like the same age, all this stuff. But I also learned that he has a gambling problem where he would always go gambling. He would skip work, go gambling, and then he would spend like weekends there just trying to get money. And sometimes he will win big and sometimes he would lose a lot of money. That's normally how it goes. <laughs> right? And so as he would be telling me about like his his like highs and lows, one day he asked me, hey Katie, can you send me a screenshot of like your map, like from where you are to this address? Because um, I got to send it to my job. I don't want them to think that I'm in my state. Mm. And so... I wasn't thinking anything of it. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So I sent him a screenshot that had like basically from Google Maps from like some random city from where I am. It wasn't like directed to my home address. It was like one random city that I picked to the address that he gave me, sent him a screenshot. He's like, all right, cool. So now it's become a like every three to four months if he's been gambling and he's not going into work, he'll hit me up like, hey, can you can you do this favor for me so he can get out of work? And... I don't know if I should keep helping him get out of work because I know it's feeding into his gambling problem mm-hmm. or if this is just weird in general that I'm even taking a screenshot of some random map and sending it to him. Hmm. And a person that you've never met in person? Never met him in person. Yeah, it's a little odd. Mm-hmm. A little bit? Yep. You okay, good. Say. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Thank you, Abby. Well, I also feel like if we were talking about any other addictions, like whether it was substance abuse or alcoholism, and we were doing anything to enable it, I feel like we would be like, no. So I'm going to take that hard stance and say, A, it's a little weird, but B, also, I feel like you are playing a part in enabling his Mm -hmm. gambling problem. You know what it would also make me feel like if I were you? It would make me think that maybe the people that are around him and close to him, like his friends, that he's probably tried it with them. And they don't want to help anymore. So mm-hmm. now it's easier for him to come to you because y'all have a relationship, but not that tight of a relationship to where he can utilize you to do it. Okay, that's true because he doesn't have a sister that would always help him out. Yeah. And then now I know I know for a fact she doesn't. So that kind of makes sense. But another reason why I kept doing it. Here we go. Occasionally he would send me like oh, some money. Oh, oh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, math is math, you know. <laughs> he would cash at me yeah. a little. He'd be like, okay. no, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, but you was yeah. taking off the top, 20%? <laughs> <laughs> no, not 20%. Um, so was it a significant amount? Some hundreds. Huh? Oh, 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 I'm turning around. You an accomplice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for some hundreds... Right. Well, Red's got to get paid. Uh, I mean, hey, and he's not asking anything else of me. Here okay. is Pedro. Good morning. You're part of the Burt Show. Hi. Hi, guys. I hope you all are doing well this morning. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. You too. 
So I wanted to let y'all know, uh, Katie, if you have an iPhone and your uh, fellow American there has an iPhone too, you could be inadvertently sending your location to them without knowing it. The reason why that works, and this is coming from my cybersecurity background, iPhones share geotech data. So if you send that to them and they download it down, you can just swipe up when you go to the picture and the camera roll, and you'll see your actual location. Okay. You can, but isn't there in your settings that you can turn that off where it's not tracking? You can, but don't be surprised with advances nowadays. Hackers, scammers, they find ways around it. Cyber is a whole other domain. So you're suggesting this friend, quote-unquote, could be a scammer the entire time? Yep, so don't be surprised. Somebody's in front door being like, hey, love you. Forever, <laughs> <laughs> Guys down on a knee and at your house. Okay, it, that, that it, is a concern. It does sound a little bit too risky for, I mean, he's giving you cash from time to time, but it's just, you don't know enough about this person. Yeah, that's true. I don't know his last name. I just know where he lives. You don't know, you don't even know this man's last name. No, I know he's a firefighter in New York. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. You know what? Online, uh, I play for the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm beautiful. <laughs> the Burt Show. Um, but first here, she really likes this guy, but this dude's taking off for a job. So she wants to know, do I stay with him? Do I cut him loose? Should I ditch him or date him? She wants to know, should she ditch a date? Make a move or wait? Should she keep him or dump him? She wants to know. Want to run this by The Burt Show and our fam? Hit us up at thebirdshow.com. Yo, I recently went out on a date with a guy who I really like. Capital letters, really. I was so excited for the date, and we had such a great time. There's one huge problem. He told me that he might be moving soon due to his job. I really like him, like a lot. Capital letters again. But we've just started seeing each other, and I'm wondering if it's wise to allow myself to develop strong feelings for someone who's on the brink of leaving. Should I continue investing my time and emotions, risking the possibility of falling for him, only to have a long-distance relationship forced upon us? I'm worried about getting emotionally involved, only to find myself in a situation that might not work out. Or... Should I just take the chance and figure it out when the time comes? This is the first guy that I've really felt a connection with. Um, would you do it or would you just walk away? Obviously, the fact that he even asked me out means that he's open to it. So what do you think? Mm-hmm. So our past experiences obviously color how we see certain situations. And for myself, when I hear this, I say you continue to date. And see where it goes. Because when my now husband and I started dating 17 years ago, um, one month into dating, I got a job in a completely different state to start my morning radio career. And six months later, he moved that to that state to be with me. And we've been together ever since. It's kind of an anomaly, though, isn't it? Is it? I think. I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be it's more common than people think. I mean, I'm currently in a long distance relationship. So yep. when when we first met, she was hesitant about it for that reason, but I had no doubts at all. I knew this wasn't going to be a problem. I mean, you make it work. When you when you really feel that way about somebody, as hard as you hear people say it is to date and to find somebody that you're going to really like and really want to be around, when you find that person, I don't think you let distance stop you. That 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 was not not even a thought for me. So if you like him like that and he's in it and you're in it, don't let this stop you. Yeah, it's not uncommon at all. And I don't always think it has to end and somebody actually moving for their job. So one of my close friends from college, like the first month that she moved to her new city, she moved to Charleston. She was working in local news. And I remember she told me on like their second date with the person she's now married to, she was telling him how like, oh, in two years, my contract's going to be up and I'm going to have to hitchhike and move somewhere bigger. And so he thought, oh, well, I guess this is just going to be like a casual relationship. Spoiler alert, ended up not being a casual relationship relationship and because he was the one and I guess this is the exception to the rule she decided to stay in Charleston and be with him because they ended up getting hitched Hmm. okay the key word here that I'm reading this email is he told me that he might be moving soon due to his job so it's not like he has the job and it's committed so many things can fall through when you're planning on getting a job and moving to another city it doesn't sound like it's a hundred yet so I think on the fact that it's a might, I would play it out also. Yeah, because I mean, again, it's it's up it's up in the air, and it's it's still early. I mean, 
it's kind of like a risk reward kind of thing. And I, I mean, we had somebody on the show who was in a long distance relationship and that did not work out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously that is a possibility and that's something that can happen. But because it is new, just see how much you like them. And I would, I wouldn't ditch yet. I would continue to date. But if you are the type of person, depending on your love language, like, you know, mm-hmm. Mo, you're an introvert. So long distance relationships work for you, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. So if you are the opposite of that and you, you know, like your love language is spending time together, well, then that's something you have to take into, into consideration. You know, this could be an emotional mirage also, right? You're all intoxicated by the newness of this relationship. You're really not sure if it's the real thing yet. I always had a very difficult time in those first couple of months trying to figure out really what was real because everything's so exciting, right? So you got a bunch to balance out here, but I think based on all this right now, it's so wishy-washy, I'd go for it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. He's either going to be the one or he's not. And if he's not the one for you, him moving is just going to speed that up. But if he is the one for you, then Mm -hmm. long distance is going to feel like nothing. There you go. Go for it. The Burt Show. All right, time for another Burt Show family meeting. You guys know in your own homes when mom or dad call it, you know, call the family meeting. It wasn't to sit everybody down in the living room and go, hey, just want to let you guys know everything's going great. Mm-hmm. You guys are getting your chores done. Everybody's been on time. Thanks so much. Uh, family meetings on the Burt Show mean something kind of dramatic has happened, and that's why we call them that. And yesterday, we, we got a bunch of them this week. There was mine yesterday where I told you guys my engagement is over. Uh, and today's is Rebecca. Yes. <clears throat> so... I wrote this down so I would be able to say everything I want to say. So if it sounds like I'm reading, it's because I am. Just so we know the rules of engagement afterwards, can we ask you questions about it? Or is this the only thing you'd like to? Um, Yeah, of course. You can say whatever you want. Recently, I came on air and talked about a trip I had to the oral surgeon to try and heal a sore on my tongue that had been bothering me. The surgeon took a look at my tongue and decided that even though he thought it was just trauma, he would request a biopsy just to be safe. A few days later, I was sitting in Tommy's studio when I got a notification on my phone. I opened it up and just saw one word, malignant. Immediately, I turned to Katie and Kaylee and showed them the lab result in a complete panic. They tried their best to calm me down. Katie said, oh, malignant can just mean inflammation. (laughs) They both told me to call my doctor and hugged me and in the meantime said, stay calm. So that's what I did. I called the oral surgeon back and it was true. The biopsy was positive for cancer. The anxiety I felt hearing those words on the phone is hard to describe. It's like I became a completely different person than I had been five minutes before. I couldn't speak anymore because it was too hard to breathe. So my mom took over the phone and he directed us on our next steps. We were referred to a cancer institute in the city. I met a team of several doctors who took careful time to explain to me exactly what was going to happen next. They were reassuring, empathetic, and kind but the information was terrifying. They told me that I needed surgery, that I would lose about 30% of my tongue, that they would reconstruct the parts that they take with skin from other parts of my body, but that that part of my tongue would not work ever again. I am expected to lose function in maybe half of my tongue. I will have to relearn how to swallow, eat and speak and the radiation I will need down the line will make it even more difficult. As scary as that sounds, they told me my prognosis is actually pretty good. (laughs) I'll take pretty good. I'm not worried about dying. I was and am still fixated on my speech. I'm terrified (laughs) that I will never be able to talk again. Or when I do speak, never be understood. I asked every friend I have, one by one, if they would still be my friend, if I couldn't talk or had to rely on a device to communicate. They said yes, (laughs) but it didn't make me feel better for long. 
the doctors told me I would be able to speak, but it would be different. How different? I'm not going to know yet. This devastated me because I might be the one person who especially doesn't need more difficulty expressing themselves. Before I started working on The Burt Show, I sometimes had trouble saying good morning to coworkers I had known for years. I clinged to friends at parties. I had trouble asking for things for myself. Then I got this job and I was terrified. Working with such small numbers and big personalities, it kind of sounded like my nightmare. (laughs) But I told myself, okay, if you're doing this, you're doing this. You're going to say hi to people at work. (laughs) And now I've made such good friends here. I make people laugh. (laughs) Katie and I constantly sing. Tommy and I talk about movies. I sometimes talk with all of you on national radio and share stories about my life. The idea that after all my hard work, that my voice would be taken away from me when I finally found it was heartbreaking. I'm scared, but I have a team of professionals who will work with me towards success. I am in great hands. I am also so grateful to have such amazing friends, family, and all of you here who have supported me wholeheartedly from the moment I found out. Bert, when you learned that my appointment had been moved up, you said it made your day. That meant so much to me. You have all been checking up on me constantly and kept me laughing even when it's hard. I know I will get through this sooner than I think. It might change me for the better. I will have to be more thoughtful about a lot of things like what I eat and what I say, which made me think, what should I say now when I know I can Well, I can still take my voice for granted, I'd like to say I love my sisters, Addie, Sammy, and honorary sister Asia. I love my mom and dad. I love my friends, Alexa, Rachel, Molly, Anna, even Devin. I love all of you guys too. But most importantly, at the end of this, I'm going to be so skinny. And I'm definitely hitting my deductible. (laughs) Well, I'll say some of the same things I think Kristen did yesterday, and that's um, we love you. Thank you. Uh, We are here for you. Um, What is, have the doctor said what best case scenario is yet? Best case scenario is they have to take less than they think and that I don't need radiation. It sounds like that's their expectations are are what it sounds like I'm going to have to do. I have like an 80% chance of needing radiation about six weeks after surgery. Um, and they will have to take a portion of my tongue. Hopefully, they will not have to take as much as they think they do. That's what the best case scenario is. Got it. We love you, Rebecca. We love, love you. you. We're here for, for you. And we're all Thank here you. for you. Thank um, you. For whatever you need. I appreciate it. Thank when, you. When when friends, when you're telling friends, I'm trying to use this more globally also than just us, like, do you want to talk about it with friends or family or do you, you're talking about it and it's in your head so much that you would rather not? I feel like it comes and goes. Like every day I feel like I have this like just moment where I just need to vent Mm -hmm. and talk about it and say all my fears and just get it out of my head. And then as soon as I'm done, I'm like, okay, we got to stop this. We're not talking about this for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it goes every day, it seems like. Well, we love you, support you, here for whatever it is you need. Thank you. Love you too. Very proud of you. Thank you. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's Entertainment Buzz. 
the last person Matthew Perry was seen out and about with is speaking out about some of their final conversations. Can you imagine being the last person somebody sees? Well, we don't know if they were the last, last person, but one of the last people. So spooky. Yeah, and also, do you even talk about it? Like, is that... Like it... Um, what... This is the 25-year-old? The 25... I don't know that she's 25. Um, she, He was out to lunch with a woman named Athena Crosby, and she was interviewed about some of their final conversations. They sound pretty close because she was talking about how he was in such great spirits and they were also talking about the fact that he had an upcoming biopic coming out apparently. I guess his memoir did so well that somebody wanted to make it a movie adaptation and he told her that he wanted one of his old co-stars to play him in this film. Now, I'm curious, if you had to choose one of his co-stars, which one do you think that he would choose? No, it had to be younger. Oh. Well, I remember um, I loved the movie he did with Zac Efron. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, seventeen again, I think it is. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a really great movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, that's a great guess. Yeah, I want Zach Efron to play me too. Well, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I want Zach Efron to play me. But yeah, she was interviewed by Entertainment Tonight and is spilling all the details on the last day that he spent on this earth. And Entertainment also reached out to Zach Efron for comment. He has not spoken mm-hmm. out. So yeah. very interesting that this woman's stepping forward. If you haven't seen the movie, it's yeah. There's a scene. There's a courtroom scene that's just. I, it's, 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 you wouldn't think that that's a movie that sticks with you, but Mm -hmm. that's a movie that absolutely, Matthew Perry was great in it. Zac Efron was great in it. So 10 out of 10. It's a movie that stuck with me. It's called 17 again. And it's kind of like a freaky Friday kind of, kind of, um, kind of thing. Oh yeah. I remember seeing it in theaters and when he stepped out of his nice car with the leather jacket and the aviators, 15 year old me was like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Britney Spears' child at home in Louisiana is up for sale and it looks like somebody is going to be making a pretty penny off Britney again because her father sold this house about three years ago for about $289,000, a bargain in this market. And now somebody is selling it for a literal little over $1.2 dollars. Three years ago we bought that? Yes. Yeah, we sold it There's say. no way. That's, wow. I think they, obviously, with her memoir coming out, and she is, very, I mean, Brittany's always relevant, but even more so right now. I don't see anybody buying that house for that amount of money. <laughs> yeah, you can list it for anything. Yes. <laughs> but who knows if there's going to be any takers on it. Well, I mean, there's some really interesting things in this home that make it feel like you're sort of buying a relic. So you, her old dance studio is still in this home. There's even a door that has the phrase, Christina sucks, Brit rules on it, scribbled on it in marker. But I want to know if, like... We have to authenticate that. Yeah, I mean, the, the real estate agent did that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still, the dance studio is pretty cool. I mean, Britney is an icon and a legend, and that's where I'm assuming she did hours and hours of work in there. Okay, but Kentwood is in the middle of nowhere. It's like a 2,000 population town. It's where Kentwood water comes from. It's like an hour and a half from New Orleans. It's, I mean, so, yeah, you could be a Britney fan, but to drop $1.2 million on a house in the middle of nowhere, and it's not even like a mansion? Is she a big enough star? with women your age to where they could make that into like some kind of Graceland type museum for tourists and a family can make a boatload of money off of it, even though it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because even though it's an hour and a half from New Orleans, it's still close enough where you could have like a girl's trip to New Orleans and then take an hour and a half drive to go see Brittany's hometown. So maybe that's the thought on it. And this thing has not been updated. Like it looks, I mean, when you, when you look at the photos of it, it's like, oh, this is the exact house. Like the wood paneling, Mm -hmm. um, the, the, um, the wallpaper, all of that. I'm like, this is, this is what she was living in. Yeah. Someone might look at that as an investment property that they can turn into some kind of tourist attraction. I don't know what the laws museum. are. Down there. I'm, mu- I'm sorry, sorry you, said, museum. you said museum wrong. You said tourist attraction. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. I would pay a pretty penny to see Christina Sucks Brit Rules. I feel like that's pretty iconic. Even, even back in her childhood, she was a savage. Yeah, I'm going to file to make it a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Now, what, <laughs> would it make sense? Because with Graceland, which I, I have been to Memphis, I have been to Graceland, It's I found it, I don't know if entertaining is the right word, but I, I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought it was so overrated, but go ahead. Was it? Yeah, oh, yeah. You wear the yeah. headphones and you walk through and they tell you the significance of all the rooms and stuff like that. If, I mean, the way Brittany is making, I, I, I would assume she's making a pretty penny right now. 
um, with her memoir and also the resurgence. People are buying up her singles and stuff like that and, you know, streaming her music like crazy. Would her, like, would she buy it? Ooh. So she, because that's what Elvis's family did. Like, that belongs to the Presley family and that's how they make money year in and year out is because of the tourism at Graceland. I think Justin Timberlake's going to buy it. <gasps> no. Could you imagine? Don't, e- don't even. <laughs> that would be the worst. Talk about bad PR. Sophie Turner's already out macking on a new man. I'll tell you all about him on your next E-Buzz and the Bird Show. The Bird Show. If you're listening to the show today and you hear Abby's just a little bit more enthusiastic today than usual, uh, it's because her Texas Rangers won the World Series last night uh, in five games. And she's been on the bandwagon since game three. Listen, I have been on the bandwagon since the womb. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but my mom sent me a text yesterday and she goes, you need to tell everyone who's calling you a bandwagon fan that your birthday was quite literally chosen because of the Texas Rangers spring schedule. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, my dad used to work for the Texas Rangers for a long, long time. Um, and we lived out in Dallas when I was a, a young child and my mom had to choose the day to be induced and there was one off day in the Texas Rangers schedule and it was April 22nd, so that's why I was born on that day. Okay, you have a little more credibility today. Right? <laughs> and you're wearing the Rangers uh, hoodie with pride today. It's. I don't know that this is a Rangers hoodie. I actually got this um, on our trip to South Padre. And it's blue. Yeah. <laughs> Go Rangers. <laughs> All right, Mo, so the the universe was working in your favor here, huh? I think so. Um, life, life be lifing. Life is hard, <laughs> as they say. We all know that. And I think the older I get, the more I learn about myself, as we all do. And typically, um, when I go through tough times or tough phases, I have learned that I am just, I have to go through it alone. That, that's who I am. I, I think growing up, the only child for the years that I did kind of just made me this introvert that I, I don't like to necessarily reach out to people, even close to me, for help or to tell them what I'm going through. And I don't really like that about myself. I wish I was uh, the kind of person that would lean on the people that would be there to support me if I needed to. But it's just not me. And I think um, everybody around me has kind of become accustomed to that. They just know, like, that's Mo. Um I'm probably, I'll go through months of being in the darkest of places, won't say a word to anybody. Have you ever gotten down to the why of that? Like, why you do that? Is it a self-preservation thing? I don't like to feel like a burden. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is. I I always feel like uh, I have, like, this mentality of everybody's going through something. I think that that kind of was instilled in me when I was younger, like... Get over it. Strap up your boots and figure it out. I think our parents parented the same way. It's just like, yeah, put your head down, get through it. Nobody cares about your problems. Just deal with it and move on. And that whole burden thing, never wanting to be a burden, I share that with you also. So I'd rather just handle things by myself. Same way. Yeah. And um, I know that like my family and friends that are close to me have been trying for years to get me out of that. Like, you know, you, you have to lean on people. Everyone needs help. You don't have to do it on your own. But that's just what I'm comfortable doing. You know, I'll, I'll come to work and you won't know anything is wrong. I'll go out with my friends. You won't know anything is wrong. But the moment that I go home and I sit in the darkness, that's when it all surfaces. And I was watching this documentary on the dark side of comedians. And I realized that that's a pattern in a lot of comedians. It's something to when you're going through your worst times, like that's when I'm my funniest, mm-hmm. which is ironic, you know, because there's something to I think when you can't. When you struggle to make yourself happy and you struggle to find humor in things yourself, you find peace in doing it for others so that you feel like they're not experiencing what you are. And I think that's why so many comedians struggle behind the scenes. So many of y'all are jacked up. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. The Those great, green rooms must be a man. blast, man. <laughs> exactly that. And so I've learned that typically in these moments, I'm a prayer. That's just my thing. That's what I do. You know, I'll um I talk to God. That's that's when I feel safe. That's how I express myself. And usually when I do, I'll pray for signs because a lot of time in life I've I don't know if other people experience this, but it's like I know I need something. I need some kind of pick me up. I I need a message. I just don't know where to get it. I don't know who it's going to come from, when it's going to come, where it's going to come. But typically it happens. Like, I remember the last time I think I I truly needed something was when I always joke around about how Kristen made me cry because I talked about the bond that I developed with one of our BBA kids, Landon. And I didn't realize how much I needed that moment till I was in that moment. And it I think it changed me in a lot of ways. I think it opened me up to a lot of different experiences that I've had lately, which is it always I'd say that to say it always comes from somewhere after I pray for it. 
And it always seems to happen in a way where it's as if the universe knows I have to make this uh, direct and specific to what Mo is asking for. So he realizes that this is the message. And I don't look at it like, oh, this is just someone else trying to help me or boost me up. Mm -hmm. Like this is no, this is real. And it always seems to happen like that. And I and I think this is what the moment was for me recently when I uh, so I don't know if you guys remember, but I once had my Instagram hacked. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, the hackers went into my DMs and DM'd hundreds of people. So I had a lot of messages before they did that, that within the last three years since that happened, I've never read because I had to scroll all the way down to get to those messages. So for the longest time, I've been deleting these messages in order to get to some of the messages that I may have missed from years ago. Sure. And so I knew I was going through a phase of just needing some type of inspiration to come from anywhere. And I prayed for it. And then when I do that, you know, I was always taught that once you put it in God's hands, you have to let it go. If you're worrying about it, then there's no need to pray about it. You do one or the other. You don't worry and pray. You pray and you stop worrying, which is what I attempted to do. And uh, a good friend of mine from a long time ago who I haven't seen for years, uh, his name is Mo Shahari. So they used to always call us the Mo's. We were the Mo's. And he was, I had heard that he was going through a lot. And I won't go into that because that's his story to tell. But he was always a very inspirational person. That's just who he was. And I always remembered him to be like that. But we lost contact. And I, I didn't have his number. He wasn't on Facebook anymore. So I couldn't reach out to him to try to, inspire him the way he had always inspired me. So I prayed for him. And as I'm going through these messages, there was this one particular uh, Instagram message where you can tell that I guess the person deleted their Instagram because now it just says Instagram user mm -hmm. and you can't see like a profile or anything. But the message was still there, which was a message from 2019 that I guess for whatever reason he randomly sent me, but I never heard it. I never got it. So there I am in my room having one of those moments of needing a sign or inspiration to come from somewhere because I'm sitting in all of these insecurities and doubts about myself and wondering if I'm doing things right, if I'm good enough for certain things. And I press this play button, having no idea what this is, who it's coming from, just curious to see what it was. And this is what I heard. My boy Mo. My boy Mo, I know you wasn't expecting this message. I know you wasn't expecting this message, but this message is coming to you right now, live and clear, from your boy Mo, <laughs> Mo Sahari. I know it, we go way back. We go way back. I'm just sending you love right now. Keep grinding. Keep grinding and keep motivating the way that you've been motivating and keep following your dreams the way that you've been following your dreams. You probably don't even need my message right now, but if you need my message for any reason, Pick your head up. If you're going through something, pick your head up. Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt it. Keep moving with a purpose, brother. All right? We out here, and it's all love. I hope you had a wonderful day, man, and I hope you have a wonderful and blessed evening. I'll talk to you later. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Right on time. It was, and that was from how many years ago? 2019. And it was literally everything I needed, like every single word. And I guess the message got to me, even though he sent it years ago, right on time. Yeah, I've said this before, man. I am not a big fan of coincidences. Call it what you want. Call it God. Call it the universe. But I think, ha I think things happen at the perfect time. And it's not a coincidence. 100%. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show. All right, you guys are going to have to fill me in on this because I've only heard this through word of mouth that there's another celebrity crap talk in Atlanta. Atlanta restaurants, apparently. Okay, he's not crap. Somewhat, yeah. He is not crap talking Atlanta. I think Atlanta has brought this upon themselves. And maybe this should make us look in the mirror and go, mm. okay, maybe it's not the celebs. Maybe it's ATL. All right, so this oh, is not the like the problem? <laughs> we might be the problem. <laughs> so this is not a Matt Reif type thing where he's just like, I hate that city. I'll ne I would no. never go back there ever again. There's nothing there for me, which he keeps doubling and tripling down on in interviews. This is not like that. No, no. this is not it at all. So I can't, I'm I'm so glad we're finally talking about this because I love watching this guy's food reviews. His name is Keith Lee, and he has this very iconic way of doing his um, his 
his reviews. He's just very like cut and dry. It's no frills. It's him in his car eating food and rating it one through ten. And <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's got he's very popular on TikTok, correct? He's Extremely. very 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 popular on TikTok. And so he is going viral because he was recently driving through Atlanta. He went to the one music fest that happened yep. over the weekend, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, he tried out some of the restaurants that some of his followers recommended to him. One of them was called The Real Milk and Honey. And he says he only goes to places if he gets like over 100 of 100 recommendations from his followers. So he goes there and he had a horrible customer service experience where they uh, they he they wouldn't take in call in orders. And so they showed up to the restaurant and they said they were open until five. And then he was there at four and they they said that they were closed for deep cleaning. He just had this horrible customer service experience. And he said, look, I don't want anybody trashing this restaurant. This was my experience. I'm just here to report what you told me I should try mm-hmm. and essentially what my experience was. And so then other people were like, okay, well, there's a place down the street called the dining experience. Try that place. And it was a great day for the dining experience because then he shows up to that place. They treated him super well. He had great food there and it was a winning situation for them. However, people were sharing their experiences in the comments and stitching him, talking about how Atlanta restaurants, it, that's not an isolated experience. They've all they've experienced that at other restaurants, and it's just created this frenzy around some of the weird rules that some ATL restaurants have. So do we have one of Keith Lee's reviews? Yeah, this is it right here. Me and my family are in Atlanta, and currently we are at the Real Milk and Honey. I got it. Let's try it and rate it one through ten. As you can see, I don't have any bags in my hands. We are at the Real Milk and Honey on Main Street and College Park. Before we came, we attempted to call our order in. We were greeted with an automatic message that said they did not take call-in orders. The automatic message said the only way you can do pickup is through DoorDash. We went through DoorDash. They was closed. But online, it said they closed at 5 o'clock. We went on DoorDash at 4 o'clock. But we were already here, so we just went inside. I stayed in the car, and my family went in, and they told them they were closed early for deep cleaning. Yet, the door is wide open, and it's people still going in and grabbing orders. Now, we have no idea if those people ordered beforehand or what the case is. Also, the people who relayed this message, my family said, were really nice. It's just the rules. And so far, being in Atlanta, I found some places do have unique rules, and this is the one of them. I want to be very clear. We're not blaming one person or saying one person was rude. In plain terms, don't call this restaurant trying to get nobody fired. Ain't nobody do nothing. This is just the rules they had. If you don't like their rules, their rules not for you. And for me and my family, the rules just went for us. We just not their target audience. For the record, afterwards, I did walk in and I did recognize and they attended the services, but I respectfully declined. I'm a normal person. I pay for my food like everybody else. I walk in spots like everybody else. We are all normal people. Respectfully, if you're not going to do it then, don't do it now. God bless you. Yeah, we're just trying to get some food, but I am going to make this very clear. I do not support, condone, or agree tearing down these businesses. While we personally may not have the best customer service experience, that does not mean you will have the same experience. That also don't mean go on Twitter and tear these businesses down. At the end of the day, business owners are people. Never know what people are going through. The only reason I'm even making this is to share my authentic and real experience like I always do. Yeah, so that was his experience with an Atlanta restaurant. And it's gotten so big that even Cardi B has commented on it. And she said, you know, I'm a celebrity. And even when I try to get customer service at certain restaurants around town, it it's not a good experience. And I believe we also have a clip of one of her Instagram lives of her going off. I feel like Atlanta restaurants, they don't like to make money. They don't like people. They don't like their customers. They just don't f- like it. Go like, hey, I would like to make order. Oh yeah, we don't make, we don't we don't take orders. I have to tell like people that order food for me like, can you just name drop my name? Because they don't do no pickup orders. They don't do deliveries. They just don't do. Sh-. They be closed on the most random. Sh-. You go looking for a restaurant. Oh, they look good. Oh, they closed. What do you mean? Yeah, sh- closed Monday through Wednesday. Oh, they closed on Tuesday. Y'all mother don't like making bread. Like I don't. F- get it and then with some Atlanta restaurants it's either they open too late or they close too early like mother be closing like at six o'clock it's just insanity I think that you have to remember too I have no qualms with the restaurant being closed on a Monday to Tuesday that actually makes total sense to me because that's their weekend they have to stay open Friday Saturday and Sunday because that's when a bulk of the business comes in they deserve to take a day off and um, from the restaurants I've been to, they are still severely understaffed. Um, there's one place I love going to, and they had to close an extra day because they just don't have the people mm-hmm. to man the restaurant. And so I feel like, you know, even post-pandemic, restaurants are still struggling with staffing. And you just, you you have to have a little more patience. First of all, I don't trust this food critic uh, right off the bat. Um, he's way too thin. 
That's uh, exactly what I thought. Yeah, I don't trust a food critic if they're not overweight. He's, he's not like real thin or anything. No, he's not though. He's not okay. Then, then he's hit himself pretty well in this. He also is in martial arts and stuff like that. I don't trust. I think it's a, a weird thought the combo. Same thing, but I thought. I should be an Instagram Facebook. <laughs> People would trust me 100%. And the second thing is, I don't think Atlanta is any different than any other city when it comes to restaurants and odd things that are, you know how many restaurants there are in this city? I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands. So I'm sorry the restaurant down the street from you has odd hours, but it, this is not an Atlanta thing. This is a restaurant thing. I do um, feel like, obviously, it depends on where you go. There are a lot of places where you get good service. There are some where you don't get the great yeah. service. But what I do love about what Keith Lee does is I love the fact, because I didn't know who he was before all of this happened, but then I started doing my research, and I love the fact that wherever he goes, he doesn't allow them to treat him better than he they treat everyone else. Oh. Like, they know who he is. They immediately try to switch it up. And I've been in those situations where I've seen that. I've been on both sides of it, and I feel like you should treat everyone that's paying money mm. like they're an important customer. And he doesn't go for that. There are a lot of videos of people recording him saying, don't serve me if you're not going to serve the hundred people that were here waiting before me. And I can appreciate that. And I do think it's going to force restaurants to step their game up after they see that this man can walk into your establishment and turn it into such a big deal. I also think that, you know, Atlanta has become the kind of like culinary city that if you get one bad meal or if you are treated poorly one time, there's an equally good restaurant right down the street. Yeah. I mean, we just have that many great restaurants in Atlanta. You don't really see us on a lot of top 10 lists as far as best food in the country goes. I think we're right up there. Well, we just got a Michelin award. Yeah. yeah. I, I think now that we are we have Michelin rated restaurants, and I think there's five restaurants now in Atlanta that each got a Michelin star. Yeah, I think Gun Show, Kevin Gillespie, our friend, got mm -hmm. one. He got, no, he, he got an honor he had an honorary mention. Oh, honorary. Sorry, but yeah, but there's five rice, and which is still a huge deal. Don't get me wrong; yeah. it's a massive deal. Um, and for those that don't know, that's like winning an Oscar. Okay, like it's a huge deal for your restaurant to get a Michelin star. And now that we have those in Atlanta, I think we'll be taken a little more seriously as long as you know the customer <laughs> service is on par. Yeah, well, people on TikTok were saying, you know, the Michelin r restaurant guide that came out that's great, but really the Keith Lee reviews are the ones that they're paying attention <laughs> to. Probably, <laughs> probably that's the way to TikTok these days. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show.